Hello, and welcome back to the It's the Blank for Me podcast. My name is Eli Jordan, or Frosty, joined by my fellow co-host, David McMahon. Hello. And our third co-host, the stick bug himself, Cole Coggins, will not be joining us because he is apparently too busy for our podcast. Now, on today's show, we are talking about something very near and dear to David and I's hearts, football. Good old football. Sport we have both played for a very long time in our lives, and most of all, football is back. With the NFL kicking off this past weekend, college football been playing for the past two weeks, and our own personal football season's also kicking off this weekend. And to start off our football extravaganza episode, we will be talking about the top ten favorites to win the Super Bowl, according to SB Nation. We'll be giving our inputs and opinions on that as we scroll through the list. Starting off at number ten, the Philadelphia Eagles. What? Philadelphia has been a trash program since they won their Super Bowl in 2017. Agreed. Talk about a Super Bowl slump year. They have, I feel like they have not been a very competitive team since that year. Not only that, but on top of that, Carson Wentz is a complete injury liability. So he won't even make it to, to the playoffs, or let alone the Super Bowl. I do think they have a chance to make the playoffs in the fact that the NFC East is still an absolute dumpster fire. That really was just a terrible... Terrible division to watch last year, with the Cowboys being absolute garbo. You got the Philadelphia Eagles being the king of the trash pile. The Redskins, who are a dumpster fire. Oh, they're not even the Redskins yeah, anymore. Yeah, they're hey, the Washington football team. Be politically correct, please. And then the New York Giants, which the only player they have ever on the field is Saquon Barkley, and the rest of it might as well be a walking on fire garbage can. So, moving on to number nine, are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't agree with this even remotely. To be honest, they have they have little to no talent. Big Ben is ha, was on injury report and is just now back. And on top of that, is just not a good quarterback and hasn't been since his rookie season at, at Pittsburgh. I, I disagree with that. I think they do have an electric defense headed by uh, Minka Fitzpatrick with the trade in 2019 and T.J. Watt, arguably one of the most electric outside linebackers in the league. And they do have offensive weapons. They have a very good running back in James Conner. Two very good, in my opinion. I'm a little biased on one of them because he's an Oklahoma State guy, and that's where I'm from. Well, there you go. That's why he dis- That's why he disagrees with me. Right with me. But two good receivers in Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington. And Big Ben, I know he may have not been in his prime shape the past few years, but he seems like he's back and ready to go. And he may not be throwing bombs, but I do think he could still deliver dimes. I just don't think he has the pocket presence to even to even really fully use those weapons in Juju. I think the running back, James Conner, is a solid running back. But even then, I mean, you have to go to the air at some point. I do agree with that. And this year will, for, will be Juju's first year without Antonio Brown and with Ben Roethlisberger. Last year, I think he kind of he vanished a little bit, in my opinion. But I also don't think that he had a very solid quarterback at the helm. And this year will be a very big year for him to see if he's worth anything. Number eight will be the Tennessee Titans. Now, I do believe they are a very strong candidate to make a deep run in the playoffs, but I do not know about a Super Bowl caliber team. That's that's where I completely disagree. I actually, I wouldn't even put them at eight. I'd put them at four or five. Really? Oh, yeah. The Tennessee Titans, I mean, they were almost there already this last year. Of course, they ran into the super amazing powerhouse Kansas City Chiefs, but even then they gave the Kansas City Chiefs a run for their money. And then, you know, Henry's been training his absolute butt off. 
I mean, that, that offense alone is very scary. And they could do something super crazy in the playoffs. Well, I do agree with that. One thing you still have to take into effect is the Ryan Tannehill problem. They do not have a great quarterback. He, they gets, have, he gets electric in the playoffs. You cannot disagree on that. I do. He got. I believe he got carried by Derrick Henry last year. Now, because their offense is so centered around the running game, I do believe they. Have, that's what I'm saying. They have a chance, and they are a top eight, maybe even top five team per se. I just don't think they have that Super Bowl talent they have there to go the whole way. I'm not saying they're going to win the whole thing, but I, I feel like they can definitely be a contender for it, for most definitely. And they do have some solid defensive players with Jadavion Clowney finding the home there. Uh, defensive backfield with Logan Ryan. And uh, Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, all very solid players. Malcolm Butler being the savior of the, I think, 2015, was it, Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Where the Patriots got the pick there in the end zone against the Seahawks to take it home. So I'm not saying they aren't a gr- They are a great team. I just don't know if they're one of the greatest teams. And seven would be the New Orleans Saints. I'd put them lower. I, I, really? I'd, I'd put them higher. Nope, I'd put them lower. Why? I just, I mean, every year, every single year they choke. In one way, shape, or form in the playoffs. In the past two just, years, the refs have just absolutely railed them. I do believe the year that the Rams beat the Saints in the NFC Championship was a fluke. And I do believe the Saints could have gone in and absolutely dismantled that Patriots offensive defense in the Super Bowl. They got railed by the refs in a last-minute thing to where a very oblivious P.I. should have been called and was not, and they got screwed. And then in 2017, it was the Minneapolis Miracle, where the Minnesota Vikings got lucky on a Hail Mary play. That just it was, it was one of the wildest plays ever. And even last year, in 2019, they still got screwed on a false P.I. call that they could have won the game otherwise. They still have all of their talent with Drew Brees at the helm. Michael Thomas, arguably one of the greatest receivers in the game right now. I'll agree with you on that. Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook, while they may not be in their prime right now, there's two very solid offensive threats. And then Alvin Kamara in the backfield. How do you say that that is not one of the greatest offenses in the game right now? I feel like they should definitely uh, utilize Alvin Kamara a lot more. I mean, in the playoff in the playoff run they did have, especially in the past three years, he was just not used as much. They tried to go to the, to the, you know, the sky game a lot more, and that's where those PIs came from. That's where they ended up losing the game. I know you need good field position to even run the ball, but I mean... Uh, you have one of the best backs in your backfield, and you're not using them. Now, I do believe that they made a mistake in getting rid of Mark Ingram. That having both backs in the backfield with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram was when the Saints were at their best. They had a big old power back with Mark Ingram, and then a speedy out and like running passing back with uh, Alvin Kamara. And that just that was an awesome team right there. So moving on to number six, the San Francisco. 49ers. I fully agree with this position. Number six for the 49ers, most definitely. Mainly because, like, yes, they had such a solid team last year that took them to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, after after that loss, after that comeback loss from the Chiefs, I just don't – I think they're going to be kind of hanging their hats on that a little bit. But I, I still think they're hungry, and I still most definitely think that they'll be in contention for it. I, well, I'd have to agree with that. I think the San Francisco 49ers have a pretty good chance of winning the NFC this year. With Jimmy G at the helm, which is a Belichick product, a coach that we know is probably one of the best coaches to ever do the game of football. And then they have offensive threats such as Kittle. One of the best, arguably the best tight end. I think he's the best overall because not only does he make a presence in the passing game, but he blocks like no other tight end in the league, in my opinion. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Now, the San Francisco 49ers may not have as many threats as some of these other teams do, but I just believe they're an overall... Solid team who fights hard. 
as we showed last year, they made it to the Super Bowl with only two really notable players. Now moving on to five, the Seattle Seahawks. I'd call the Seattle Seahawks inevitable. For the past maybe 10 years, it feels like they're always in the playoffs. They may not always be making it deep, but they are always there and they are always a presence. Honestly, I don't I don't agree with them being at five. I'd put them at three. I'd, I'd most definitely put them in the top three, top three contention. I mean, Russell Wilson is looking absolutely insane this year, especially with a dangerous wide receiver like D.K. Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett there on the other side as well. They have plenty of offensive threats. And on top of their two great wide receivers, they have an absolute threat in the backfield with Chris Carson, one of the most downhill runners in the NFL right now, absolutely trucking people, get, fighting for every yard that he gains. He's just electric back there and one of my favorite running backs to watch. And, and behind that, they also have added Carlos Hyde and Greg Olson. Now, Carlos Hyde may not be getting as many touches behind Chris Carson, but he's a very good situational back. And then Greg Olson, arguably a good tight end. I don't think he's top tier. I don't think he's on the Kelsey or Kittle level. Absolutely not. But he was a very solid tight end in Carolina, and I think he can make a difference there at the Seahawks. I think he'll make a difference in the run game. I don't. I mean, he's... He's definitely a seasoned veteran, but I don't, I don't think he's going to make a big difference in the passing game. He did it in Carolina, and he'll continue to not do it here. And the Seahawks also have a very strong defense, headed by Bobby Wagner, arguably one of the greatest linebackers in the league right now. And they picked up a first-round pick in Jordan Brooks to play alongside him, and they added Quandre... How do you say that? Quandre Diggs? That sounds right. And they added Quandre Diggs, who had his best football at the Seahawks last season. Their defense is strong. They have good safeties. They have good cornerbacks, good linebackers. I mean, what else do you need? They're just all around a good, solid team who will be in the playoffs behind Pete Carroll. At number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Disagree. The cap on this app. That team in Dallas has been a dumpster fire since the 90s. I believe Jerry Jones made some sort of deal with the devil when he got Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and the rest of that group, and they just have not been the same since. They've had the talent to do so. Tony Romo is a very good quarterback. Say what you want about him. But he had a choke factor. He just could not make it in the playoffs. Now, Dak Prescott, he had a very good rookie season off of a Tony Romo injury. But since then, what has he really done? Absolutely nothing. That's why I don't even think they're a playoff contestant. They have a fat Ezekiel Elliott now who's not even the same caliber as he was his rookie year or his sophomore year. And now you just have a Dak Prescott and an Ezekiel Elliott combo that doesn't even match what they did in their rookie season. I don't, think I don't think they're a Super Bowl contention team at all. I think maybe a deep playoff contention team, but even then, that's stretching it. Now, here's the thing. They are in the dumpster fire that is in the NFC East, so I do believe they have a good chance of getting into the playoffs, but much further than that, I really don't know. Now, they did add C.D. Lamb alongside Amari Cooper, which Amari Cooper had a very good year last year. He's a fun wide receiver to watch, and C.D. Lamb was a threat in Oklahoma. As an Oklahoma State fan, I hate to say that, but he is a very good receiver who will be a good NFL player. But can Dak Prescott get them the ball? I don't know. I really do not know, and I don't think he can. That's why I wouldn't even put the Cowboys in the top ten, in my honest opinion. Now, the defense the Cowboys had last year was pretty good. Byron Jones leading the way as a top corner, and they let him go. Why? I don't know. He was arguably the best player on that defense last year. Now, they did pick up a, a second-round pick in Trayvon Diggs to fill his role, but I don't think he can fill those shoes. Another player they lost was Malik Collins. He was a very good interior pass rusher last year, made a lot of good plays and a lot of pressures, and they let him go. 
They do still have Demarcus Lawrence, which is a top-tier pass rusher, and I do believe he will continue to make plays. But they're just letting people go. Leighton Vander Esch took a step back last year. He was a very impressive rookie. But last year, he just he wasn't around as much in the news and like in the wording, and even in the games, as he was his rookie year. They just kind of let him go. And all the Dallas fans wonder why there's such a dumpster fire. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They're the worst team in the NFL. Thank you. Now on to the top three. At number three, SB Nation has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't agree with this either. This is a team that I am very excited to watch. I'm a big Tom Brady guy. I believe he's the best quarterback to ever play the game. You know, okay, so I think that they will make a good playoff contestant, yes. I don't think that they have the defense to go all the way. Absolutely not. Their offense is incredible. I mean, you, you got guys like Mike Evans, a, a brand-new Leonard Fournette. You have Rob Gronkowski, a seasoned veteran in the tight end position that made a huge impact in New England. And then, of course, you have Tom Brady, six Super Bowl rings. Of course, you have a high-caliber offense, but what does that mean if you have an awful defense? Defense wins games. I mean, that's that's literally what it comes down to. I just don't think they I don't think they have the caliber of a defense to go to the Super Bowl. I would have to agree with that, and the defense will be the downfall of that team. But there is some hype in Tampa Bay. There's there's an energy going there that has not been in the Tampa Bay area in a very long time. I totally agree with that, but I'm telling you, I mean, I mean, look at the teams that do make it farther in the playoffs than any other team. It is because their defenses have played that lockdown D to give their offense a chance to go score. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Now on to number two, the Baltimore Ravens. With last year's MVP at the helm in Lamar Jackson, arguably the most exciting quarterback to watch in the league right now, between him and Pat Mahomes. They have a very electric offensive chance with Marquise Brown out wide, with two very hard running backs to deal with, with the hard downhill running Mark Ingram and the fast good catching Justice Hill. That is a near impossible group of running backs to deal with in that offense. I fully agree with this position. I think number two is perfect for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they have an exciting defense that is absolutely fun to watch. And like you already stated before, I mean, they have their powerhouse offense, but they have Marcus Peters coming back and Marlon Humphrey, first team all throws in 2019. I think that's going to be super crucial in their defense like it was last year. I do think the defense might have a little bit of a struggle filling the role of Earl Thomas, who was a big impact on that Ravens defense last year, but we will have to see how that goes rolling in to the season. So at number one will be the returning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. David, I'm going to let you take it away on this one as this is your favorite team. Yeah, I fully agree with the selection. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people thought they would, they would have a Super Bowl hangover, but they came out and totally waxed the Houston Texans in their first game. Of course, they have Patrick Mahomes at QB. They have the amazingly fast Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, among other weapons they can talk about. But they also have added an amazing running back in Clyde Edwards. I mean, this, this guy has been insane, especially in that first debut with 137 yards and a touchdown in his name. I mean, just an absolute powerhouse at running back, and it's going to be so exciting to watch. On top of that, I mean, they have a good defense with Frank Clark on the edge and Chris Jones. Chris Jones had a huge year last year disrupting that inside and also getting an amazing pass rush off. So, I mean, this is, I mean, all their talent is still coming back. They didn't really let anybody go, and I really think that they're going to have a great time making another run for that Super Bowl contestant. 
I do believe the Kansas City Chiefs have one of the best chances to go back-to-back in Super Bowl since the Patriots did in 2005. So for our next topic will be our personal favorite players for this season and of all time. Now, we're going to go, let's go this season first. This season? Oh, gosh. Well, my personal favorite players is always going to be Travis Kelsey, and I'm going to have to say Lamar Jackson. Travis Kelsey is my role model in the tight end position. I've watched him for forever now, and I just love how he plays. I love the energy he brings. And then, of, cor- of course, Lamar Jackson is just a quarterback that we haven't seen in a very long time. So elusive, but can also absolutely bomb the ball downfield and knows how to lead an offense. And for my two favorite players this season, I would have to say one, Quentin Nelson, an absolutely electric guard for the Colts. Now, me as an offensive lineman, he is the type of player I strive to be. I believe right now that he is one of the best, if not the best, guard in the NFL right now. There's a couple plays from last year pulling and just catching some defenders off guard and absolutely ending them, showing them that you are in the NFL and putting them where they belong in their defensive holes. The number two player for me, I would have to say Tom Brady. I am a big Tom Brady guy, as we were saying earlier. Six Super Bowl rings. He won his first one with a bunch of white dudes with the last name that ended in Owski. Now, it may not be completely true, but as a quarterback who has won six Super Bowls with so many different teams, he won his first set with a complete different team, a Wes Welker team, and then the second one with your Julian Edelman-type team. Two completely different offenses, and he was able to adapt and go win this many Super Bowls in such a short period of time. There, hasn't just, there just hasn't been a player that has ever done that before. And now we will be getting into our favorite players of all time. I only have one. It's Barry Sanders. I believe that if he continued playing and did not retire early, he would have smashed every rushing record in the NFL and still hold them to this day. He was absolutely electric at Oklahoma State. And when he went to Detroit, he was one of the most elusive backs in the NFL. There's highlights of him running backwards, something you're not told to do as a running back, but he still does it and makes yards making some of the best defenders to ever play the game look absolutely silly out on the field. I mean, mine's just plain and simple. It's, it's, a Kansas, it's an old Kansas City running back. Of course, my favorite would have to be Priest Holmes. He was just so amazing to watch, so electrifying. And for his time, he was just revolutionary at the running back position. And, of course, he had to get injured, but that's besides the point. Now, after learning our favorite players, David and I have a big passion for football, and that reason is we are actually both college football players at an NAIA school in Kansas called McPherson College. Go Bulldogs. Let's go dogs. Let's go dogs, baby. I am a right guard here, and David is a fullback, and we are looking to have a very exciting season this year. We played our first game Saturday against the Sterling College Warriors, and our offense looking absolutely electric. We have Josh Pissick at the helm. A uh, Juco transfer coming from California in his first showing as a Bulldog, man went absolutely off. With 31 for 39, accounting for 432 yards, five touchdowns in there as well. And we have some absolute great running backs behind him. With big boy Mish Hill in the backfield, 9 train, 99 be looking out for him, 48 and Corey Davis, a very good running back, quite elusive, going to be an absolute threat. And another good power downhill running back in likes, number 23. Mish carried the, had the workload this past weekend, accounting for 70 yards. And back to the pass game, we have some absolutely electric receivers. Headed by Ben Nickel, a hometown product from McPherson. 
He accounted for 10 catches for 123 yards. Another one, a little inside receiver, Melvin Reed. Old Melly hold down five balls for 106 and a couple of touchdowns in there as well. One of those being a kick return. And our defense is going to look very scary this year. Inside the box, we have Zane Hickey and Colin Gehring. Two scary people to look at in practice when you're looking across down on the defense. And out in the secondary, Bailey Seitz and Tristan Waddy playing safeties. Absolute blankets on the coverage part of things. And they're just going to absolutely tear up the KCAC this year. Now, if you would like to tune in to any of our games, we will be posting the link to watch the live streams down in the description below. And hopefully we hope to get some new fans through this and find some more people to support the Mac College Bulldogs. My name is Eli Jordan. I'm David McMahon. And this has been the It's the Blank for Me podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Please keep following us along. The next episode will be out a week from today. See ya!